You are listening to the Musician Today weekly podcast with Vera Bermenko. Tune in for your insight into a professional musician's life and awesome new music. everyone and welcome to another awesome episode of Musician Today podcast. Um, even though we're busy with concerts and live shows and stuff like that, but we're still doing interviews and today we have a special treat and I'm so happy to welcome to the show Women with Strings. So as you know, <laughs> hey, as you know, I love to feature meeting artists uh, of all genres who inspire me and we have spoken with Lydia Jeffrey before and Joe Jeffries was on the show with the band as well. So today we have a whole new band, Women with Strings, uh, that are amazing folk uh, trio, and they're going to share some of their amazing music with us today and their stories too. So, um, Women with Strings is a band uh, of a co is, is the name of a co-write group consisting of Daisy Salas, Lydia Gentry, and Joe Jeffries. They are not just your typical folk band, but they're also um, making transcendental music in the genres that are exploring the sonic world and styles of, of just about any kind um, and they are the guest for woman hip <laughs> self-proclaiming as a guitar playing hippie cowgirl a violin playing vintage nerd and a bass playing queer punk bookworm they make music with a range of subject matter including feminist anthems sickeningly sweet love songs and dramatic looks inside the mind of someone with mental health issues with their ep titled sugar and honey due in spring in 2021 there the three ladies are powerhouse voices with different skill sets on their res uh, respective instruments and quickly witted lyricism they plan on continuing to write and gig around nashville and beyond as they prepare for a big year ahead so i hope i pronounced everything correctly you guys sound like <laughs> quite prepared for the years to come and we have a few links so you can follow them in so on instagram follow women with strings at women underscore with underscore strings and you can also find joe's artwork she creates uh, art and uh, designs for the merchandise for the band uh, joe jeffers does art Yes, I got it. <laughs> and we have already met Lydia before. You know where to find her at Violin Dragoness. Um, the, she makes amazing music. She was also part of another band, the Gentry Blue. And we have spoken on the show just a few weeks ago. So welcome to the show, guys. How are you all doing? Thank you. We're doing good. Great. It's a nice day. It's warm as if it's summer again. <laughs> yeah, beautiful out here. Awesome. So what can you tell us? When did your band form and how did you sort of meet? And did you just wake up one day and say, oh, I think I want to start a folk trio. We can take turns <laughs> um, answering too. Yeah. Yeah. Should I, should I go for this one? Yeah. Um, so Joe and I met, we were roommates freshman year, which was so fun. Random we were roommates. We random roommates. Fast friends immediately. Uh, and Lydia lived in the same building as us on Belmont campus here in Nashville. Um, and then we kind of didn't all connect until sophomore year, like the end of sophomore, kind of the middle of sophomore year yeah. before quarantine. Um, we all got together to do a little bit of co-writing after I got close with Lydia when she played on one of my solo tracks that you can uh, listen to. And the guitarist for Gentry, Travis, uh, he was uh, the guitarist for me for a solo project. Yeah. And I met him through another mutual friend that wasn't Lydia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so we, kinda, we all ran in the same circle, yeah. but we didn't really know each other. Yeah. And then one day we got together to co-write. Um, yeah, we just 
decided to come write, and the song we ended up covering that day was Honey, is one of the titled tracks of Honey and Sugar. Yeah. And uh, we ended up writing that and just decided we really loved it, and then immediately we were in quarantine. Yeah. Like immediately after. Yeah. This was like in February, and so like immediately after we were in quarantine, yeah. and so we just decided to like keep writing. Yeah. And I remember right before quarantine, because we were in our apartment, mm-hmm. Daisy and I, I like woke up one day and I was like, "What if we call ourselves like women, but with strings?" Because yeah. <laughs> I've got the guitar and Joe's on the bass and Lydia's on the fiddle, and um, well, just and, and after that we just kind of. Like, we wrote probably like once a week or once every other week. Yeah, yeah. we wrote a lot over the summer, yeah. spring and summer yeah. periods. Um, and then we played our first show uh, a couple months ago back in September, which was socially Yes, which was super fun uh, over in Franklin, Tennessee. And um, we're hoping to do more of that when more things open up. So That's amazing. I'm excited to yeah. see it. Speaking of your music, why don't we have a listen to your track? This is a live performance, and I know you're working on an EP, so we will speak about that just in a bit. So this is Medusa's Lament. Are you guys ready? Yes. Here we go.
great. I love that. I love mythology and I love how yeah. the words, so the lyrics were, uh, when she took my beauty, did she like save my life? So there's sort of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's such a powerful statement. Like, <laughs> So yeah. what inspired you to use that thematics and um, how did the song came, come to be? Yeah. Go, oh, please, okay. please. So... So during quarantine, we uh, so we have 12 songs that are like ready to record for our album, and like we're very excited about that. But we had 11 at one point, and we're like, we just need one more because 12 just seems like a better number. And so like uh, we're like, we just need one more. And I really, really wanted to write like a queer love song. Like I like really wanted to do that. And so because I, I feel like there need to be more in the world, especially like in the folk genre. And so I, like, really wanted to do that, but then it just didn't, like, it just, like, wasn't meshing. Like, I sent them some ideas that just, like, wasn't meshing together. And then, like, I was listening to, I think I was maybe listening to, like, Hozier or, or Crane Lives or maybe the Decemberists, but there was, like, a ballad that was about mythology. I actually think I was listening to the Decemberists of the Twine that they did, the version of the Twine they did, and I was listening to that, and I was like, oh, my God, I would love to make a ballad out of, like, my favorite mythology stories. I love mythology from, like, any culture, but Greek mythology was like my first love. Mm-hmm. And so I've always loved the story of Medusa specifically because I feel like she is one of the first like misunderstood, scorned women. Like so misunderstood in her story. And I've always been in love with her story because like in all Greek mythology books, she's like listed as a monster. It's like monsters. And then they have Medusa listed. And I've always hated that. Um, so I was like, what if we did a ballad that was based off of Medusa's story? And from her from Medusa's perspective because I I always always want to write like a ballad about like a little ballad about a scorned woman or a ballad about like someone falling from grace in general like I always love that and so I kind of wrote the the baseline lyrics and I sent sent it to the girls and they were like okay we love this and I was like okay cool and we kind of tinkered with the lyrics together and then uh and then yeah it just kind of went from there well the lyrics Joe really just like took charge in the lyrics and she sent us this beautiful story. It's a poem. Like, yeah, it's, it's really a poem. a poem. It's so pretty. And then you had kind of like a melody oh bass line. And she played this thing on the bass and I was like, do you mean like kind of something like this? And then okay. I played it. Well, I was, so I have an acoustic bass. Yeah. Uh, so I was playing the acoustic bass and I like an acoustic guitar. I was like finger picking. Mm-hmm. Um, which I do sometimes, uh, but not like a lot. So I was kind of like finger picking. I was like, maybe something like this. But Daisy was like, that's not a chord. Because <laughs> I don't play guitar. So I was just like finger picking on my bass, like what I thought sounded good. Daisy's like, that's not anything. Like, that's nothing. <laughs> but so, we, yeah. we managed to keep that integrity and still write something really cool. Well, and, she took, and she took my melody that I had kind of as an idea and just like soared and like took off with it. Like, And at the beginning, we kind of. Like, uh, we sing different songs, like, I'll sing lead on some, Daisy will sing lead on some, Lydia will sing lead on some, like, Mm -hmm. we don't have, like, a lead singer, and, um, I think maybe, uh, they assumed that I'd want to sing lead on Medusa, because, like, it was kind of my baby at first, but the first time I heard Daisy sing this song, I was like, Daisy needs to sing this song, (laughs) like, she just kills it, sounds gorgeous. Thank you. Yeah, it sounds beautiful, it's so powerful, it's like, it gives me shivers, when I started listening to the track, I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's amazing. Um, so um, what are some of the challenges in terms of co-creating something? I also know there's a great part about having a team that you can always look at each other's work. And would you say you prefer that over writing yourself? I mean, it kind of depends for all of us. I think what one thing I've discovered, I, I like writing by myself, I like co-writing, but I've never liked co-writing more than when I do it with these girls. Yeah. I feel like we have such a good vibe when we get together because we're able to be ourselves um, and we're able to kind of help each other, but we're also not afraid to say, mm, I don't really think that works, let's try this. And, and it's all for the benefit of making it the best song it can be. Would you guys agree? Yeah, I actually didn't really like co-writing. I kind of like refused to co-write for a long time until I like started co-writing with them. Uh, and I don't really even write much solo stuff anymore just because I like am so busy with other things. Like this is the main writing I do with them. I like honestly wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. yeah. What do you Um, I just don't write a ton. Like I'm just so busy that it's hard to concentrate. Yeah. Like um, I mean Gentry Blue has a song called Cutthroat and it took me a whole month just to write the lyrics wow. because I could not focus. So especially with like these girls are really fast-paced writers, so that's really <laughs> taught me to like, okay, I need to think quicker, um, and just cooperating with them has been so easy, yeah. so well, it's just been awesome. And everyone writes different, and that's really nice, too. All three of us are incredibly different, not just yes. like creatives and writers, but just people as yeah. well, and that's really nice, because like Lydia says, she likes to take a lot of time and likes to stew on things. Like, she'll be like, I kind of had these ideas from like four years ago, like let's see, and like and like I'm like, oh, I had this idea last night, and then I just kind of like write down all my feelings, and then five minutes later I send to them like, is this anything? Is this something? And that's kind of how I write. And then Daisy's kind of in the middle where she's less manic than me, but she also doesn't take like, but she's also doesn't like keep things for years and kind of like stews on them like Lydia does. She's very like in the yeah. of us and I think it all has their merits and like some of the songs like we wrote be a beautiful song based off like year old ideas that like Lydia had and then Medusa like I wrote those lyrics in like 10 minutes like it was just very stream of consciousness very just like da 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 is very manic and then like some of them are like Daisy's very like thought out like process it's like very well, what's great too is sometimes I'll I'll have you know things that I really thought out, and I'll be like, all right, we just need a couple more things for this. But sometimes I'll come to them with like one line. Like we have a song called Body Parts, and uh, the one line I had like kind of turning around in my head was, uh, every day I create works of art, but I just don't have the right body parts. And I was like, guys, you gotta help me like build the song around this, and they just it was amazing. Yeah, that's great. I would say actually the vast majority of our songs is like one of us either has a riff or a lyric mm -hmm. idea or like maybe a first verse or, or like a chord progression even, something mm -hmm. like that. And then we say, okay, let's like, so I have a foundation, let's build the house together. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. the vast majority, that. that's the vast majority of our songs. Like we'll just go through and like for our lyrics, like we'll go through line by line. Mm -hmm. Like even if it's like, like with Medusa, like the majority of it was already written. I went through line by line with them. I was like, do you want to change this word? Does this rhyme scheme work? Like we are like very meticulous about our lyrics. Mm -hmm. And I like to think it pays off. Absolutely. <laughs> of course it does. That's exactly what I was like. Um, during this quarantine, I feel like I didn't have that 
connection with someone to just go for my stuff other than my producer who's great by the way so and I feel like the further you get into your career the less of uh, alone things you do you mostly work with others yeah. even if it is your own solo album you still have to have um, someone go over it an editor and other artist or just your producer and give you tips and just be like okay this works great I think we should change that or we should do something else with this part I think it's just a part of the process like we often feel like we're alone in this but we're not because yes. <laughs> you're making music Absolutely. to reach people and how do you reach people by working with other people obviously right? yeah, exactly. <laughs> for sure well and that's what's been so cool like I was so lucky to have these wonderful friends that have been able to just like help me soar like you said I mean I, I have a couple of things like in the works right now just for my solo music um that every single member of Gentry Blue played on Travis Fairley he's producing on it um and they're helping me put together this thing that is my project but it wouldn't be what it is without them it's yeah. so cool Daisy is an amazing solo artist. oh thank you <laughs> thank you she's a she's a country bluegrass yes yes that's great well from what i know you guys are all amazing and <laughs> thanks for coming and sharing your story with us and your beautiful music yeah. so um what would you say in terms of managing your career so i think this is something we could each speak on because we're all so different so uh, managing your career during the covid times and during this kind of social media boom <laughs> times mm -hmm. how do you deal with things like fear of missing out or the pressure to create on schedule just because everyone's online right now. So what are some of your thoughts on that topic? Ooh. Do you want to go first? Sure. I'll go All right, first. go for it. Okay. <laughs> um, so unlike these two ladies right here, I'm not a full-time musician. Like that's not what I really like want to do with my life. Like I love writing with them. Obviously I'll always do music, but it's not like what I want to make money at. I'm a designer full-time. That's like what I want to do. And so, uh, mostly for musicians, like album covers, posters, stuff like that. And so over quarantine, I actually found myself leaning more into that and like stepping back from music a little bit. Like if Lydia, like, like obviously I'll play bass for Lydia for Gentry Blue. And if like Women of Strings wants to write or coming out with an album, like I'll obviously be there for that because I love those projects. But other than Gentry Blue and Women of Strings, I've kind of stepped back from like music and like dove really headstrong into my whole design career and that kind of thing and trying to make connections through that so that was kind of a shift during quarantine that I made to kind of decide that I did want to do design full-time and if I was going to do music it was going to be these specific projects mm -hmm. so that was a transition I made but I don't regret it at all like yeah. I I am sticking with that decision and I'm very happy with it so yeah that's amazing um yeah okay <laughs> quarantine was a really interesting time for me um i was holed up in my family's little cabin up in idaho and it was interesting because it was definitely a time of creation and i was i was missing out on live playing live that's one of my favorite things to do so i was doing live streams on the internet um trying to do the best i could and i was writing a lot and i was but it was almost it was journaling and it was self-reflective and i feel like quarantine for me was less about like putting out stuff and making sure it got out there even though I did do a lot of that and it was more about that self-reflection and self-discovery I feel like during and this might sound cliche but I feel like I learned a lot about myself and um 
like there were some really positive changes just getting to know my mind and my body better and even just being with my family and understanding like my place in the world and knowing that there's a lot going on out there but we can only control what we can control um and I feel like that that really changed me for the better and now I'm, I'm putting out better music because I know myself better so it was um I'm really grateful for it I mean it was it was high at times and it was really low at times the whole quarantine experience but it's what happens and we just kind of make the best of it so yeah that's amazing yeah, thank you I definitely quarantine was interesting for me because I kind of realized um, I'm very, like, I can tend to be a solitary person. Mm -hmm. I'm an only child. Uh, in high school, I only kind of had my one best go-to friend and a few other friends that I hung out in high school, but I didn't really hang out with them outside. But I kind of realized I'm a lot more social of a person than I thought I was, especially when it comes to college. Like, we have our big group of friends that um, we know are being safe around COVID and stuff. But I also realized that there was a lot of fear that I had just about everything. Like I, um, I stayed in Maryland for two months at the beginning of quarantine when I was originally planning on visiting my boyfriend in Maryland for just four days. And that turned into two months. <laughs> and I remember just, um, like ranting to him about just how afraid I was and uh, to his family as well. And we all grew really close during that. And even telling my family, just, I had just lots of fear, but you just kind of have to overcome that. Be cautious, but at the same time, just not let that control you. Like, but, but still be careful and safe at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a balance, but um, yes. Yeah. yeah. And um, especially with balancing other projects, now that we're actually back in college, it's just we all know that we're busy, but we still have to be, like, patient with each other. And yes. there's lots of give and take because we know that we all have – we're all full-time students. Mm -hmm. We're all – we've all got, like, multiple projects going on, and there's yeah. just a lot of patience with each other. That's very yeah. good. Thank you. Three awesome perspectives. And I completely agree with the idea that um, this time and this change is different for us all. So some artists feel like they should produce more stuff. Others might feel like you want to hide and get away and just mm -hmm. to explore you. I think I've went through all three of those. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So yeah, yeah there were stages where I, at the start, I felt like I had to push, push, release, post, right? And towards the end of it, right now, now that we're all back to school, the students are back to school, I feel like, yeah, I want to take some time to myself. So I completely understand you on that. <laughs> this is so great. Um, well, thank you for sharing that. So tell us something more about your upcoming EP. Um, what can we expect? Like, um, are you already working? Are you already recording it? Or do you still have a plan first? Well, we kind of just came up with our plan <laughs> recently. Um, just recently. Uh, our plan right now is to record most of the EP in January. Um, mm -hmm. And then hopefully we'll be able to mix and master that and have it out in the springtime. That would be the goal. Nice. Um, you want to talk about what's on it, too? Yeah. So, uh, so like I said, we have 12 songs. Yeah. Okay. So we have 12 songs, including one cover, and uh, we had a whole like list and a whole like uh, thought process behind it. But if we keep writing and stuff like over winter break and things, those 12 songs may change. But it will be 11 songs plus a cover, uh, like for sure. Um, 
but I'm I'm like really excited about the content that we have and we're also talking about another thing that we're talking about releasing right now is a uh, since we are a co-write group, we've talked about recording our co-writes and releasing them like as a podcast or as a YouTube series. Mm -hmm. Because I, I, I got this idea because we uh, Daisy would record our co-write sessions just like on her phone, like in a voice memo, and I would listen back to them. And like I found them so entertaining, <laughs> like because I just think they're very funny. And also as a writer and as a person who writes. I just think it's very insightful to like get in that process and just listen to people co-write. Like, and I feel like people who aren't writers, they would just be like astonished at the fact that we go through every line of our song and just like really pick it apart and just like also the different sounding from beginning to end. Like, I just think that's a very like cool perspective. And so we were thinking about releasing some of our uh, recording and releasing some of our co-write sessions as well. Right now it's kind of, a thought process we have going. So hopefully both of those things may start happening. Uh, right now we're just kind of riding the waves. Yeah, what happens. Definitely riding the waves, making sure, because our songs right now that we have on there, I'm, I'm excited about all of them. They yeah. may change, but I really like all the ones that are on there right now. I mean, yeah. we have some hardcore bluegrass, we have some Taylor Swifty type love songs. Like, like, some, like folklore. Type yeah. Yes. We have some angsty, um, you know, I need to get out of my hometown kind of vibes. <laughs> some, some, some folk punk vibes. Folk punk vibes. Yes. Um, and then the, uh, the title tracks are probably my favorite on, really? yeah, so far, I think they're my favorite. Um, Honey and Sugar. Uh, they are two songs about the same story, the same love story, but from different perspectives. Yes. And on the album, our plan right now is to like have the two kind of be connected, even yeah, though they're technically separate songs. Um, yeah. yeah, I love them. They're, they're my favorite. Okay, so we wrote Honey first, yeah. um, and Honey was the first song we ever wrote together, like I mentioned earlier. Yeah. And then and Sugar was one of the last. Sugar was one of the last, yeah. because yeah. we were talking about Honey, and I think we decided we already wanted Honey to be the title track and I said something about like honey and sugar, sugar and honey, or, like milk and honey or something. And then Daisy was like, why don't we write another song called Sugar? And then we can just name the album Sugar and Honey. And I was like, okay, cool. And then we're, Sugar was going to be just a completely separate song. Like it was just going to be another love song and they were just going to be paired. And then we started writing the lyrics and I was like, what if it was the same story, but from the other lover's perspective? So one is from lover A perspective and one's from lover B perspective. So, uh, so that's kind of how it happened, I yeah. guess. And I'm like really excited about that one because it does have these two very interesting points of view. And also, mm -hmm. there's something I love about just like a love song that is written well and has really good lyrics. Because like I love love songs when they are just like very truthful and very raw. Yeah. That's kind of what we had to go for with a lot of our songs. Like, yes, how do we get, how do we cut deep to the heart while still making it poetic and beautiful? Do you have a favorite track? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, I really can't pick one. I'm I know, I like a lot of them. I like another year, all of them. I know. Uh, <laughs> I, well, this is so basic, but Honey's just so catchy. I know, yeah. Honey's catchy. Yeah. That's, that's um, great. Um, we kind of have, there are so many different inspirations on yeah. this album. Like, yes. like a Mother Dearest, the one that Daisy just mentioned, is very like 
almost like New Orleans gospel kind of uh, kind of Loki a show too. Yeah. Like, yeah. I agree. It's very it was very influenced by uh Friends on the Other Side from Princess and the Frog. <laughs> yeah. And like I say that in like utmost like um also mm. like also, like, uh, Nothing But the Water by uh, Grace Potter, which is, like, an acapella gospel tune. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of just that, like, New Orleans gospel, like, big theatrical vibe. Uh, and that came from, um, like, I was kind of just writing down lyric ideas, and then we ended up writing the lyrics together. When I was first writing those lyrics, it was very, like, uh, it's called Mother Dearest, but the lyrics are very much, like, the devil will smite you down. Very, uh, the devil's gonna hunt you down. Uh, by nice. Johnny Cash kind of vibe. <laughs> and I so that's it. kind of was like, what if we did like this, like New Orleans kind of dark gospel kind of vibe with these lyrics? It kind of just made a lot of sense. So we do have those influences as well, and then some just like straight bluegrassy kind of sounding things. Yeah. Some are a little more modern sounding mm-hmm. for sure. But I just, I feel like every song is very different. Yeah. And I and I just love that, especially because some like lyrics you can tell are very specifically Lydia, and some are very specifically Daisy, and some are very specifically me. So there's just lots of different things going on. So and I think that really reflects this group as a whole. Like Joe said earlier, we I feel like we couldn't be more different people, but we vibe together so well, like as friends and musicians and co-writers. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they all have different perspective as well like one of our songs is about growing up in a small Missouri town which Lydia and I both understand but Daisy's from California yeah (laughs) so like she wouldn't have written that song by herself and so we all have different perspectives and different life experiences that we kind of bring to the table and that's why I think our songs can be so different because Daisy could write about things that I would never even think of, and vice right. versa. Like I, we, I write about the desert a lot, and we yes, have a song that really takes place in the, the desert. desert, you know. <laughs> so yeah, it's really fun. That's amazing. It sounds like you guys have a, just a perfect team. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So now I'd like to do something that we have done in the show before. So Lydia has done it. Uh, Joe has done it. We are going to play some like rapid fire questions. So the I'm person I've ever from is Daisy. So the way it goes, <clears throat> excuse me. And so we basically have 10 questions that I ask you very quickly. And we try to get the answers in before the minute comes out, right? So before the minute passes. I don't know why I can't talk today, but anyway, I'm not the one answering questions. You guys have to be getting ready. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so basically what we're gonna do is I will start a timer and um, I will count three, two, one, and that's when you can go ahead and answer your first question. So I'll read them out as quickly as I can. And it doesn't have to be all serious. It could be something that, like the first thing that comes to your mind, like, you know, what's your favorite color or how many instruments do you have? <laughs> okay, all right. Stuff like that, right? So, okay, okay, let us see. I have the timer here. Yes, I do. Okay, so are you ready? Okay, Daisy, you ready? Oh, oh, very. All right, I'll, I'll give it my best shot. Okay, so let me first get the sound a little bit lower here so we can hear you better. Okay, okay. so here we go. Three, two, one, go. What was your most memorable performance so far? Um, I would have to say playing on the deck at Whiskey Jacks in Sun Valley, Idaho. Awesome. What age did you pick up your first instrument? 
nine years old, I picked up the guitar. Nice. How many instruments do you have? I have like four guitars, a keyboard, and a mandolin. What do you banjo? <laughs> nice. What do you prefer more, acoustic or electric? Acoustic. All right. What motivates you? In short. Um, life inspires me and my drive to be better every day motivates me. <laughs> nice. Which YouTuber you can't stop watching? Oh, um, so much cooking. Like the tasty <laughs> cooking ones. It's so good. And all old country music videos too. Nice. Your favorite songs to cover. Name three. Oh, uh, Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones, Blue Bayou, Linda Ronstadt, and Janis Joplin, uh, me and Bobby McGee. Yay, we ran out of time, but I don't see why we can't keep going. That's okay, no worries. Let's keep going. So name three people that you admire. Now there's no pressure. Oh, um, <laughs> Keith Richards, Casey Musgraves, and Cody Jenks. Nice. Dogs yeah. or cats? Dogs, for okay. sure. <laughs> name three artists you follow on Instagram. All those people, but I, I will do different ones. Um... I follow Mick Jagger, Elton John, and who else do I follow? Also Casey Musgraves. <laughs> nice, nice. Those are great. Thank you for playing. So we didn't make Thank it you. in time. Yeah. So that means we didn't get another copy of my album. <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> but I hope that you guys can share the one that I've sent you already. Yes, absolutely. And, and because I've seen you so many times, you've been amazing coming to the show today. I would like to invite you to my concert this Sunday. So I will send you a link to zoom in at 7 p.m. If you can't do this Sunday, I'll send you another link. So let's let me know which concert you'd like to attend. There's three more shows. It's okay. a live show that we've created with my producer that is sort of like with green screen effects on the background and me performing to you know my favorite songs and stuff like that <laughs> yeah nice so yes i would love to invite you and have you see the concert and, and you know tell me what you think <laughs> yes for sure so congrats and thank you so much for being here today um i feel like i've learned more and the reason i created the podcast is so i can connect with other artists like you, so we can all go through sort of the same movements together and express each other's feelings and be like, hey, I'm in the same boat, I hear you. So I feel like that's very important, especially in today's world where we're all kind of like connected through technology, most of us. <laughs> yeah. All right, so speaking of which, what would be your last sort of contribution and maybe a piece of advice to an artist um, launching their music, producing their music, trying to get out there, connect with their fans in today's world. So I guess we would take turns as well. So <laughs> what's your biggest yeah. advice to them? What do you think? Um, my big advice would be, uh, it's okay to breathe. Yeah. Yes. I feel like sometimes as an artist, you think more about the music or your visual art, whatever you're creating, if you're a creator of any kind, a writer, anything, I feel like your art becomes an entity of its own, like almost like a living, breathing thing to yeah. you. And you care more about its health than your own health. And you're like, I have to meet this deadline, I have to finish this, or like, I'm a bad person that speaks on me. So just, I want every creative to know that it's okay to breathe. And you're not like a bad artist if you take a week off and don't create for seven whole days, I know. But you can do it. Like, that's fine. Like, you're still a creative. It's still in you. You can take time to take care of yourself and still be creative. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Oh, yeah. 
I would have to say, I'm in this class right now at Belmont called Reading as a Writer, and it's basically like the whole thing you're supposed to take away from the class is that if you want to be a good writer, you need to read a ton. But I think the same goes for an artist or creative of any kind. Like, listen, bless you. <laughs> bless you. listen to the most music you can. Um, read as many books as you can. Go to art museums when it's safe and socially distant. Um, just be constantly inspired by things. And even though you may take breaks as a creative, you know, be constantly inspired and be remembering things that you, you never stop consuming. Exactly. Yeah, never exactly. stop consuming um, and just observing the world and, and letting it inspire you because it's crazy out there right now, but also there's so much cool stuff to like write about and understand and consume. That's true. Those two things. Wow. <laughs> um, just be patient. The world is really insane right now. Mm -hmm. So if you're like trying to literally get as far as you can, it might take a little bit, yeah. especially now and unfortunately for quite a bit of time. But be well-rounded. Um, yeah. Like for example, we have not been doing any like anything except one show. But at the same time, we've been like writing. We've been um, doing admin meetings with mm -hmm. my other band, Gentry Blue. We've been doing um, one live show and then like a live stream as of last night. We been... just shot a music video. We, yeah. music video. Yes. we uh, recorded our EP. So like there's there's more to do than just playing live and that's okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. You don't have to sit idle if you don't want to. Okay. Like, there are always things to be doing. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. And you don't have to splurge a lot of money on expensive stuff. You mm -hmm. can like go ask a friend. Like we just did a music video with a bunch of people that we already knew, mm -hmm. and it looks yeah. great. So yeah, yeah be um, creative with yeah. how you're going to be creative. Yeah. You'll be surprised with the people you know. You'll be surprised with the people that you think you barely know and what they'd be willing to do for you to help yeah. you yeah. out. Like you're like, oh, I barely know that person. Maybe still try to connect with them. Maybe they have skills that they'd be willing to lend to you. That's how I wrangled Lydia into playing fiddle on like every <laughs> single one of my tracks. Nice. I was like, Lydia, I know I don't know you super well, but will you come play the violin on my tracks? The rest is history, as they say. Amazing. Thank you so much, ladies. I feel like I have. I have learned something and it's helped me through also my quarantine related yeah, <laughs> state of mind. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. So you guys find women with strings on their Instagram, women undergo underscore with underscore <laughs> strings. Uh, find Joe's beautiful artwork and designs also on Instagram at Joe Jeffries does art. Find um, every one of the band members and women with strings. So jo Joe Jeffries does music, then Daisy at Daisy Salas 517, Lydia at Violin Dragon S. So don't miss their amazing creations. Um, we have two bands here. We have Gentry Blue and we have um, Women With Strings and each one of the members are amazing artists who create their own unique original artworks. So I can't wait to get your EP when it comes out. Do let me know. I'll be, I'll be like the yes. first to purchase and play it for my therapeutic purposes. <laughs> yeah. We also have a TikTok. Um, oh, so oh, okay. Women, what is it? Women with strings has a TikTok. It's just women with strings. Women yes. with strings. So you can find us that way as well if you're so inclined. Amazing, <laughs> amazing. I'll follow you right now. 
<laughs> Excellent. Thank you so much, guys. Um, I really hope to hear from you again whenever you have maybe a next video, a song recorded, maybe there's a single before an album. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, for so sure. let me know. I'll be happy to share it with everyone here. Uh, we enjoy the kind of music, folk and rock and metal and anything creative. So I hope you have an amazing day and look forward to welcoming you back. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank Thanks you. for having thank us. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye. Thank, you. thank you so much. That's all, folks. If you like Iron Fiddle songs, download them at Peter Berman.com forward slash music. See you next time.